You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Welcome back, everyone. It's your friends at Cup How, the Pop Culture Podcast. Good to see you. My name is Jordan Lowe. <laughs> Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. We are zooming at you. Light speed, baby. Yep. How many episodes have we done via Zoom? Too many. Way too many. Yeah. I think we're more, we've done more Zoom than other ones, right? Like, it took us so long to get our audio good. Yeah, it's really... It took us a hundred episodes. Window. Throw it away. And yeah. now the audio is just garbage again. Yeah, I, I hate That's it. why the content is so important. Like, sparkling I mean... content will, will trump <laughs> this terrible audio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, right when you think you get it all figured out and then... World Another ending, devastating crisis, pandemic strikes, and just yeah. right through the heart. Well, we hope you're sticking with us despite any uh, audio glitches. If you want to see the video, it's a dollar a month. Patrons can see the video feed of these Zoom calls a little bit early. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, you're waving. Okay, I saw your. I yeah, never mind. I was waving at them. Yes, hello, patrons. Welcome. <laughs> Uh, you get access to a secret Facebook page. You get to vote in polls. You get personal attention. You get a you uh, get some junk bonds. Yeah, I made it. I made a junk bond. <laughs> we said we wow. wanted people to have a stake in Kapow that is just as worthless as one of the '90s Marvel's <laughs> junk bonds, and I made it happen. So that's that's on there on the Patreon page. That's Jordan's doing all day. Yeah. It took a little longer than I thought. I will admit, I was getting angry because the thing, like, I'm trying to move the image and it won't size correctly. I'm like, this should not be taking me this long. Welcome to my world. But I do it for you, patrons. Hey, that you know. Uh, speaking of the patron page, you know, if you if you pay that dollar a month, you might get an invite to a uh, a special secret trivia, an event. Yes, yes, we have an event, and you can zoom with us too. Yeah. Zoom pop culture trivia with the yes. KPPP patrons. Well, yeah, we should be lording that over people because we that's pretty spicy. Yeah, the last time we did it, I thought I I had that thought too. You know, because I I did better than I usually do, which will probably never happen again. I I'm already scared <laughs> to death of doing it again. Like <laughs> I need I need like an hour to contemplate each question. So yeah, do you sit at home listening to us thinking these guys are idiots and don't have any clue what they're talking about? I know more about pop culture than them. Probably. Well, become Mm -hmm. a prove it. Become a patron, and you can prove it. Yeah, you you can come on here and easily prove it. (laughs) With not like numerically, like (laughs) yeah, you will you'll be able to say, look, I am this number better than those guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shoot. Hey, let's talk about some games. Challenge your imagination to come alive and to battle with the creatures of Dungeons and Dragons. 
shot my battleship. <laughs> I got a bingo! What do I win? It's Operation the Wacky Doctor's Game where you're the wacky doctor. Battery's not included. I am Shall we play a game? So, I played some games. I bought a board game, first off. I bought a Back to the Future board game. Which Was this something you find in stores, or was this something you had to... I'm sure it isn't. No, I just bought it on Amazon. Oh, okay. But it's made by Funko, which I, you know... Never, have, if I was playing Never Have I Ever, mm-hmm. one of the first things I'd say is, is own a Funko Pop. <laughs> Can, would you guys have to drink? I would. Yes, you would. You oh, Jordan's gonna grab a Funko Pop. I have um, a. Uh, I have one. Yes, uh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it, it's one. a uh, it's a Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Has he got a mustache? Is it a Pete? Brady? He's got like the the kind of like the 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 scruffy beard going on. Ah. Got the headband and everything, but that is not the only one that's in my home. Okay, what's what's that one? That Crikey! Yeah. Oh, Crikey! Is that your only Steve one? Ver- that's my only one. I got it for Christmas this year. Ah, and I very much like it. I'm not a fan of the Funko, but the Steve Irwin holding the little crocodile. So you each only have one, and that's impressive. But I know the sickness with these is that mm-hmm. there's so many. Well, if you get this one, well, if I've got that, I want this other one. I come on, I have this, but I don't have that. And there are store exclusives you can only yeah, find right. certain places and chase variants and yeah. So I've just been no, I don't ever even want one. No, thank you. But they made a board game, and a few years ago, the, uh, Riot Games, which is a video game company, makes it. They make a video game called League of Legends, and they made a board game. They decided to get into the biz and make one called Mechs and Minions, and it was a huge hit that year. And they made one of the most high quality board games, uh, beating out you know, actual people that do this for a living, you know, they, they pack just, uh, just an ergonomically, you know, perfect box, how everything was packed in there. Everything was super high quality. It was pretty amazing. And it was a I believe we talked about that one time. I think we did because we thought you were talking about Mexican minions. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mexican minions. Yeah. So we had a whole thing. Somebody. Yes. <laughs> That's good. Anyway, but well, well done. Good call. I would, I would buy a Funko Pop of a Mexican man. <laughs> oh, look for that soon. Um. Anyway, so so Funko basically pulled off the same thing here. They aren't a board game company, but they made. Oh, are you gonna share a picture of a? Yeah. Hey, there's a picture of that game I'm talking about. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, back to the future, back in time. This is, you have to be very specific about the title. It's back to the future, back in time. So if you're looking for the game, that's the one. There are multiple back to the future game, board games out there. This is the good one. There's now it play. comes with pieces where you are a character, and the pieces look very generic for a Funko branded thing. Like you think they would do a little better in the uh, representation. They're, they're, you could 
I'm some people paint the miniatures, but they're they are different, at least different uh, color molds or whatever. They they oh. are the one the pieces that I feel like they could have painted the miniatures. Are, are you are you some people? No, I never paint okay. miniatures. I do not paint miniatures. I pay people to paint miniatures. Or I buy pre-painted miniatures is what I normally That's do. what the Mexican minions are doing. <laughs> That's right. Actor, mm-hmm. you know, they... <laughs> right. I pay my Mexican minions to paint yeah. <laughs> my miniatures. <laughs> wow. <sighs> Jordan. We did it. <laughs> anyway. You know, they wouldn't get painted otherwise. So, this is a great... that it's got, It comes with a little DeLorean and everything. Basically, the, the game's only like less than $30, and there's they, they must... They got to have $29 in it, in the piece. So, very high quality, and it's just a fun, cooperative game. You can play as four... It's two to four players play as marty um doc brown jennifer and einstein which Mm. is a ridiculous other two people to play as we did not use those we just played two-player cooperative but everybody's got their own special powers and that you can do certain moves and there's different cards you can go pick up you know different things of course you know marty is better equipped to help his parents get together and uh, Doc Brown's trying to work on the DeLorean and but anybody can do anything and if needed anyway it's it's a lot of fun and I think it's the the best of the Back to the Future board games I also played a video game which was a big release this past month it was The Last of Us Part 2 I know you wish things were different. I wish things were different. Ellie! But they ain't. Please stop! was a big one so i've heard a lot of controversy about this game tons of controversy pre-empting its release but i saw people taking pictures of empty racks at like walmart or someplace i'm leaving tomorrow saying yeah so controversial all the people said they were going to boycott it or whatever but like the game had <laughs> completely sold out everywhere we believe in right. jackson vulnerable um so they just get to get away with this How'd you find us? You can't stop this. We've talked about before when we did our top 10 video games of all time, the part one of Last of Us was my, was in my top 10. And this is very much a part one and part two. Like part one always felt like it was unfinished. It was it had a great any ending, a great famous ending that I won't spoil, but it it always felt like there could be more. There needed to be more after that, and this does. It, basically, 
I mean, heck, that was almost a decade ago that that game came out. And this is just a great second part. This feels very much like a Godfather 2 to Godfather. You know, it's just just as good to me. This would those games would be in my top 10. I'd probably just put them together as a pick. You know, it's just it's incredible. Uh, it's a it's video games are grown up now and it's kind of spoiled me for other video games of it it kind of got me excited and i've been playing some other stuff since i finished that game but it they don't really compare it's such a mature storyline very dark if you are not into uh sadness (laughs) and maybe don't play it but well can i derail you there for a second um yeah i said this this was a huge release. I was even seeing the hype for it, and I am not a gamer whatsoever, but uh, I mentioned this to you earlier, Seth. There's an article on Polygon website, and I said that an actual gamer might roll their eyes at this, and the, the concept's been beaten to death, but I had never heard of this or the long argument going on. But obviously there's the, you know, our video games art argument that people have been having and I, I think is a dumb argument because of course they are um, this article was talking about there's it brings up there's there's a real lack of game criticism there's a ton of game reviews you know should you buy this is it good Get to, you know, score out of 10 there's a million reviews but there's not that much criticism there's not a lot of analysis of what's going on um and the, the, the quote was, The Last of Us 2 punctuates one of the longest, strangest debates in video games, the 13-year discussion of ludonarrative dissonance. So I, if, that, if you're a real gamer, that, that, that phrase might uh, <laughs> make the hair on your neck stand up, but I'd never heard it. So apparently ludo is Latin for play, and narrative you know, is the story. So this is this idea there's a disconnect between what players do in a game by playing it and the story the game's trying to tell. So this kind of all kicked off in 2007 games like Bioshock and Uncharted games that were getting huge uh, acclaim for being mature, like you were talking and, and moving the, the industry forward and telling really complex stories, but at their core, we're still just murdering people. It's like, we're trying to be really grown up and mature, but we're still a video game. There's only so much you can do to make a video game fun. And there was all this kind of debate back and forth of how do we move things forward? Well, that's, this article, this yeah, article, oh yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that I was actually going to point that out that I don't know that I knew that that's what that was called. I was going to say this, this where video games have grown up in this game has taken it to that the the furthest point we've come so far to say most video games in that genre are kill 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 you are going around killing things and that's a lot a lot of what the fun is in video games people get to go do that without repercussions and you know there's call of duty and all those things but this is such a story driven game and what would happen basically is they're finally answering the questions what would happen to real to characters if what kind of game would have to match that amount of killing to what kind of story would have to surround 
that and what kind of repercussions would that have on the characters in the game if they had to go around killing people uh, that's kind of this guy's thesis i'll skip ahead to the his main point quote the last of us 2 has finally bridged the gap between story and action dragging the story kicking and screaming to align with what you actually do in their games kill people the result is surreal an expensive narrative experiment depicting what would actually happen if a real human being behaved like a video game character. So I wondered yeah. if that was your, that seems to be your experience too. Yeah. You seem to, yeah. to agree with this. And, and now I don't know from what, what you read, whether that's a positive for this guy or not, but it is for me. Like it's such a mature story. I, I would honestly, I would love to have a discussion totally spoilery sometime because there's a lot to, to go into with this. <sighs> but I I don't feel like I can right now, but it, it really bugs me because there's so much to say about it. Um, I played, I think they, they say this is really like a 30 hour game and everybody plays at a different pace. I played for 37 hours. I've started, some people run through boards. Some people play every game they play. They just run, 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 run run past a lot of stuff, try to do as fast as they can. I, especially in a game like this, I'm trying to get into what the character's story is. If it's not a story game, I really don't want to have a whole heck of a lot to do with it. I'm about the story. So that's why this is so high up on my list. And I, I go through the game at a realistic pace. First off, th this game doesn't give you too much. You always see the meme about, oh, I've got this special item now and i will save it and then now the game's over and i never used that item you know i always was saving it for something else this game is so sparsely are you given ammunition you may have several guns you're carrying or things but you may only have one bullet for this one three for this one two for that you know i mean literally only a very handful of, of bullets or you know ammunition for anything at any time so you're constantly searching and you're finding little bits of health or ammo and and you find all kinds of notes from people that have been where you're traveling before and i read every note i read because there's so much story involved in that you're reading what these people did and following you're maybe following their path and you read everything that's happened to them and how it's evolved and what's happened you know how they're dealing with things and you're you're seeing like you're dealing with the same things and it's so well done. But I I played 20 hours of this game going at a leisurely pace. I was on vacation. This was what I took the vacation for, was to just play this video game and not feel rushed. And I, I played 20 hours, and then something happened that I was so not expecting. I was at the climax of the game. I, I played... I'm, I'm playing a certain character, and I'm going to try to find and get revenge on another character and you know just it's all about revenge it's it's totally giving you leeway to do all the killing that you're having to do because you have a reason and and you i finally get to that cli climax and see that character and the game turns on its head and becomes another thing that i don't want to spoil but it blew me away. And suddenly I realized I was only halfway through the game where I thought it was over. 
And it, it reminded me when I took my exam to be a medical lab scientist, I was told there was a hundred questions. <laughs> and so I went in there and I hadn't thought much about that, but I had heard there was a hundred questions. So I s did that when I got to a hundred, it didn't stop. <laughs> and I had paced for that. And there ended up being 180 questions. And <laughs> it was a very, very shocking moment when it kept going and I realized how much more was left. That's how I felt playing this. Anyway, it is a very long game, a long, a lot of story. It's so dark, but so worth it. If you liked, basically, if you liked the first Last of Us and you're not, uh, a lot of the problems, the uh, controversy about this game is people don't like um, a lot of people don't like LGBTQ characters. They feel like they don't like things getting stuffed down their throat. And uh, I feel like it's pretty known in the first game that the Ellie, you know, was a lesbian. And you, that goes on in this. And there's, you know, other characters like that and people just really there's a lot of fallout to that people do not like it it's really the internet is accessible <laughs> and and so it's a, a lot of people that's what they're complaining about any representation basically and of course that doesn't bother me and i've i've these were very interesting characters in this game so and you would say that it's not part of the plot it's not so subtle it's not important whatsoever. it's so subtle that I don't know what they're crying about, you know. I don't know. Anyway, I thought the game was amazing. If anybody play played it and wants to talk about it, I you know, on here, I'd love to talk about it. I'd I'd really like to spoil the hell out of it because um, it was had a lot of twists and turns and what was something I've never seen before. Man, I want to spoil it. I, how about can can we do this? Can we at the end of this episode take five minutes? And just say what. I will check the KPP bylaws and what our uh, contracts say is feasible. Overtime, overtime minion. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Stick around to the very end. If you very end. Know. I'll say. I'll just give a brief Please. thing. A brief. I won't totally spoil, but I give a brief thing of what happened halfway through. Because we're responsible. Right. So. What else is happening? Is that all the gaming? I think so. Yeah. I, I was going to say one, one other thing. This is just very tangent, tangentially uh, to the uh, back in time game. Speaking of some time travel, I am doing a little project here where over the last couple months, I started only reading time travel based books and i've amassed quite a few i was kind of curious if anyone had any suggestions because at some point i'm going to like say okay i've read all these and here's the order i like them in and kind of talk about them mm. but i didn't know if anybody had something out there that just like random that i didn't know about 
because there's a ton out there. Yeah, I'll have to get back to you on that one. Okay. Nothing. Maybe we'll do a post. I'll put a yeah. post up and say, yeah. hey, how about some time travel book suggestions? Because I've read quite a few now, and it's fun. I was like, you know, why don't I just, I like time travel. Why don't I just only read that <laughs> ever? Doing something similar. Oh, yeah? But only about Bigfoot. Only about Bigfoots? <laughs> It's we don't really do a literary segment on this show, but I'll put it under movie because he's got a movie deal. Um, I think I mentioned earlier Max Brooks' new book, uh, the author of World War Z. He has this book called Devolution, a first-hand account of the Rainier Sasquatch Massacre. Amazon finally got it to me about a week after they were supposed to. Um, on your day? On yeah. my – well after my – well after my designated Amazon day. Um, I really liked it. Um, it was it was advertised as part survival narrative, part bloody horror tale, part scientific journey into the boundaries between truth and fiction. So there's an interview with Brooks. He said, uh, quote, I wanted to explore our over-reliance on technology without a backup plan. So that's sort of the idea. It's... Uh, there's this sustainable eco-community uh, out in the Pacific Northwest uh, near Mount Rainier that it's uh, that all these you know, rich hippies are going to move to the, this new model of living in a sustainable community. But it's way out in the woods. But, hey, they get groceries delivered every week. There's drone services that bring you things. Everything's you know wired in. They got Wi-Fi. You know, everything's perfect. But so Mount Rainier erupts. With this, you know, once in a, you know, once in a millennium uh, catastrophe, and they're cut off from the world. So yes, it's a story about Sasquatches, you know, murdering people like a horror story, but it's more about, you know, disaster preparedness, you know, our modern comforts. How you know we we're we're all fine until the lights go out, and then what happens, and what becomes your priority after that. Um, this was it started out as a movie project in 2012. He was going to do it as a film and then it never quite got off the ground. So he got it he got the rights back because he wanted to do it as a novel. So now that a novel has come out, hey, we need to make a movie out of this. That's so been picked up by Legendary Entertainment. Uh, who knows if we'll actually see a film of it. But the audiobook has a whole bunch of famous people in it. Judy Greer is the main character. Because uh, the, the book is basically a diary, uh, this very neurotic, uh, you know, she has a, a lot of anxieties and having marriage problems, so her therapist told her to write out all her thoughts. So it's her kind of keeping this journal, and it's just like, wow, we're moving to this new place. And the further it goes, it becomes this, like, you know, survival tale. So, yeah, Ju Judy Greer is on the audiobook, Nathan Fillion, Jeff Daniels. Steven Weber. So if you like audiobooks, it seems like a, a pretty good look into that too. Save Martha! Puny God. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. I'm Batman. Kneel before Zod! Under Ruth! Said it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. So what's it gonna be, huh? Long, sullen silence? Or mean comment? Go on. 
You got me in a box here. <laughs> cool. Cliff and yeah. I watched a movie. About time travel. Sort of. We did. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this was on Hulu? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Palm Springs. It's a Lonely Island a movie starring Andy Samberg. And what is the... Uh, Kristen Malati. Okay. Pretty um, quick on the trigger with that one, weren't you? Well, I looked her up. <laughs> you said that kind of creepily. But... <laughs> well, she's cute. Anyway. Yeah. I, it, I uh, had heard that it was a, you know... So you if you, you find out so early on it doesn't matter but you know right. but it is a groundhog day scenario with a new take on it mm-hmm. so you know there's a, there is a new twist to it that we haven't seen before so uh anyway it's it's not anything groundbreaking but it is i thought anyway that it was absolutely delightful pleasant movie to watch and i loved both the main characters it was entertaining yeah i thought it was very good and it's a very uh beautiful movie i think there's Mm -hmm. a lot of uh different lighting used in it i cannot think of the girl's name that was the cinematographer but I, i but she did an excellent job there's a lot of neat shots in it but I just thought, I thought it was good. The whole premise, basically, that uh, he, um, Andy Samberg, is, ha, has went to a, he's the, the, his girlfriend is in a wedding, and he's just her date, you know, he goes, and he just gets stuck on that day. Yeah, so he and, relives it day after day after day, right, the right. same day. Yeah. It's got Ground- J.K. Simmons in it also. Yeah, J.K. Simmons, it's got a whole mess of CW show oh, oh yeah people. it does yeah it's got yeah it's got uh, uh superman marries uh veronica yeah. yeah so uh camilla mendez and tyler is it hochland i think he's got he's kind of a uh max and minions uh <laughs> oh yeah and then uh, peter a, peter gallagher Quinn- is it Quinn Tran is the cinematographer. Yes, yeah. Her, she's. Um, I'm not going to say her husband because I'm sick of people pointing out. We don't need to hear about the guy. Quinn Tran is an excellent cinematographer. I thought she did a really good job. Yeah, and this has Peter Gallagher, um, Chris Pang is in it. Um, Dale Dickey is the woman's name. That I yeah, got. You were saying that was. Uh, that I thought. Wasn't, it, I thought it was Darla from. She looks similar. Riverdale. Yeah. She was in something else that was. Oh, she's been in a million things. She yeah. was uh, justified and. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was. Uh, my name is Earl. She was the daytime prostitute. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's got a good cast to it. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's a very. It's a Groundhog Day movie, but mm-hmm. but they're delightful, and I like the story and. It's just a, a good time. I mean, if you have Hulu, come on, you're already paying for it. Right. So we we recommend that as a as a good sit. 
Uh, I've watched so many movies on Amazon Prime, you guys. Oh, my. You're can can you name right? them all in five minutes? I can. Okay. Lighthouse. I think we talked about that one. Mm-hmm. Mid-90s. I saw that. Skateboard. Jo- Jonah Hill directed. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a good, good little movie. Uh, Bone Tomahawk, finally. Oh, yeah. Kurt Russell Western. Oh, it's got Patrick Wilson and uh, Matthew Fox. That's a good Pro- movie. Probably not everyone's cup of tea, but I really loved it. Oh, it was man. very long and slow. For a Western, it was it was it took its sweet time. It was good. Uh, I also really loved Logan Lucky. Yeah. Which I happened to watch. It was West Virginia Day. It yeah. was like the, an- the anniversary of the founding of West Virginia. I watched Logan Lucky. Hell like, yeah. This is this is the most West Perfect. Virginian movie I've ever seen. <laughs> That it was just, that that was so that was fun. It was just a fun yes. kind of heist movie, but without taking itself very seriously. Adam Driver, yeah, good stuff. I uh, watched The Handmaiden on your recommendation. You watched The Handmaiden? I on your recommendation, yes. The series. We're talking about the Korean film, yes. Oh, really? Oh. And I'm die. I'm. Di- <laughs> You said it was one of the best movies on there. So I had to check it out. It and? was very, it was good. It was really it was good. Great. Very good. I'm glad you liked it. Um, it seemed like I, I haven't, I still haven't seen Parasite yet, but it seemed to have a probably a similar vibe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I class, mean, it, class yeah. struggles. Yes, and, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, Midsummer. Watch that one. Christian says that you've got some special thing planned. Yeah, it's like a crazy nine-day festival. It only happens every 90 years. Hi. It's a, it's a very. I liked just the whole thing. Like that guy. It's a toxic masculinity, you know. The thing of that one was this is like it's Sweden, right? I think right. Mm-hmm. They go to every, um. So it's it's the horror film set in the daytime. So right. Like the minute you know it's a horror film, you kind of see everything that's gonna happen. There's no real clever. You know, it's dumb Americans going to get murdered, right? Like, right. there's not a great twist to the plot. The The difference in it is how it's done, how it's filmed, the dreamy quality of it all, the, you know, how good the actors are. So it, there's a lot to like, but as 
you know, if you're just like a horror fan who wants to see a good horror movie, I, I don't think I would recommend it for that. Yeah, I think that it has a good good message. Like I like like the under the theme of it, and like you said, the actors are good. Florence Pugh is good in it. Just the crazy faces she makes and stuff. And just you know, she just the whole her journey of ha- of being his like girlfriend, you know, whatever. It's just, he's just that subtle toxic masculinity. And just like these people are so welcoming, and yeah, you know, yeah. and like you know, a mild spoiler, you know, the they talk about the ages, you know, when you're 18, you leave, when you hit 36, you, you know, like, and then they bring in the two old people, and the right. minute you see them, you're like, well, you know what's gonna happen? Oh yeah, and then it takes a half an hour, and they're standing up on a high cliff, and you're like, yeah, we know what's gonna happen, just do, oh my god, his face. Like I, you knew, I knew for half an hour they were gonna die, and I still like recoiled when it happened. So, yes, yeah. good, good work. Mid-time. Well done. <laughs> uh, also watched Knives Out again, which we have talked about before. Terrific. But wasn't it great the second time? Yeah. I mean, even yeah. better. I thought. Like no, no holes in the logic. Like at all. Right. Even knowing exactly what's gonna happen. Still That's fine. how I felt. I was exhilarated watching it again because I was like, okay, now that I know everything, oh my gosh, it works even so much better. You see how good it works. And the most recent one, I don't know if this one's kind of a love it or hate it. Under the Silver Lake. Yeah, I didn't watch it because it was got such mixed reviews. That's a. Andrew Garfield, yeah. Riley Keough, uh, Topher Grace. That's from the director of It Follows, the horror movie that got such acclaim. And yeah. this one was just kind of odd. Like, I, if I'd seen this in college, probably, I could see loving it and re-watching it and trying to piece it all together because it's kind of a, a shaggy dog mystery story, a conspiracy theory story. I heard it's but, got a little bit of that uh, um, inherent vice feel, meandering. It's that Los Angeles kind of, you know, he's going to crack this case, but he's not in any hurry. He's not yeah. good at it. He's not a good person. Uh, he's doing it for the wrong reasons. You know, every female in the movie is kind of this, you know, object of, you know, being objectified. And, you know, just it's 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 interesting but it's again, it's very long. It's more than two hours, like two two hours and a half maybe, and it's just it doesn't go anywhere. Nothing really ties together, and it's I don't know. But it, there's enough there that's like ah, I like I I went to a Reddit thread where people are like, oh, if you see this clue and the hour, and you get like so that it's made for people who want to yeah. do that to a movie, and I'm right. I'm too old for that. I'm beyond <laughs> I'm beyond <laughs> doing that. I'm just I just want to watch a movie. That's been my Amazon Prime haul so far. All right. You timed that pretty good. Okay. So what else have we watched here? Uh, I watched The Five Bloods. Black G.I. Is it fair to serve more than the white Americans that sent you here? Nothing is more confused than to be ordered into a war to die without the faintest idea of what's going on. I dedicate this next record to the Soul Brothers of the 1st Infantry Divisions. Be safe. Gentlemen, 
Welcome back to Vietnam. Look what I found. Dirty man in all his glory. Who was that guy? That brother was the best damn soldier that ever lived. On Netflix. Netflix. Netflix, yeah. Was um Spike Lee. Spike Lee movie. It's like uh Spike Lee joint, please. Ah what a poser. Can't believe. I love uh Twenty Fifth Hour is my favorite Spike Lee, but he's he's a a really good director. Like I I mean I know he's talked about, but he's not doesn't seem like he's on held up in that upper echelon very much and i think he's very prolific you know so this was this was really good it was, was on our list for a potential feature one job so we'll we'll get to him someday <laughs> right um it, it was really good uh it, it had a cast it was good oh, gosh i can't remember the one guy's name and i'm mad at myself I'm gonna look it up. So just hold on a second. You can cut this out if you want. You're, you're not really gonna do that, are you, Cliff? No. Nope. Uh, <laughs> last night, um, the kids wanted to watch a movie, so I was like, "Well, what do you guys want to watch?" Five Bloods. You watched Five Bloods? No, no, no. Um, and they yeah, were like Hamilton, Dad. I, I I thought that's what it was. I think I even made that joke. Um, but uh, they picked one of their favorite movies which is the bad news bears mm. and i tried to get them to watch the original i was like well we can watch oh, i thought that's what you meant yeah no, yeah no 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 i was like we could watch the walter Matthau original we could watch the one where they play at the houston astrodome we could watch the one where they go to japan nope i'm sure that that's not problematic at all uh probably not no i, I just assume it's not um <laughs> But no, for the millionth time, they wanted to watch the like the 2005 Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, they turn the sweet spot. That's their Hold jam. Yeah. They love it. The kid that plays, or the guy that plays Barry Goldberg, I should have looked it up. Um, he's in that. He is in that movie. He plays the Hooper character. He's in the wheelchair. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So that's fun. That's one of our favorites. Defy Bloods, Delroy Lindo. That's what I was trying to think of. Um, he was really good. Basically, this is uh, four African-American vets from uh, Vietnam return to Vietnam in present day to uh, uh, retrieve something that they left there. They're, uh, I won't go any further than that, but they, they uh, other than they did a good job. It's well-directed. I really enjoyed it. I think it's definitely worth watching um uh one thing neat that they did one uh chadwick boseman play also plays a character that was in the war with them that died and whenever they show him you know he he play, plays that character in flashbacks but they'll also flashback and they are all the the old men mm. they play they play themselves back in the day and he is young because that's how they remember him and everything. It's just, I think that that wasn't the original intention I heard of what they were to do that. Uh, it was just like, what, whether it was budgetary or whatever reason, but I liked it. I liked that they did it. Like, it's kind of neat. Um, Delroy Lindo is, I would predict, I'm predicting an Oscar. 
Because wow. he, he was wow. really good in this. Really good. If it, he should get a nomination. Okay, uh, that's let's let's dial it back. An uh, Oscar nom. I could never predict he's actually going to win. Right, right, right. But he should he should get an Oscar nom for this, especially in this sparse sparse landscape of movies that we have. Um, but I thought that was excellent, and I also for the first time ever saw the thing. John Carpenter's the thing. Very now, nice. Was that even in our bracket that we did way back on the So Pro? Hmm. scary halloween episode it was the first episode i was ever on that was we're back in single digits of episodes hmm. so i i'm not remembering too well i don't recall it being on there and i had never seen it so i wouldn't have voted for it anyway but have you guys seen it yeah it's great <laughs> and yet it, and yet different. you've seen it so which means yeah that's scary if you you've seen it Prior to that, why were you not clamoring for it to be in this bracket, huh? Huh? What? We didn't make that bracket. We downloaded that bracket. Oh, yeah. whatever. Nice it was, it was uh, prefab. I thought it was fantastic. And I would have, if I had to go back, I'd have pushed for that thing to win the whole bracket. I thought it was a really good movie. Man, the practical effects were incredible. I was so blown away by it. And Kurt, $5 bill, Russell was in it. And he's like, they're like, ah, if you've never seen it, you should watch it. It's really uh, good. Like, everyone mistrusting each other, you know. Kurt Russell's beard should have won an Oscar. His hat! His hat would have beat it out in the final vote. It's the craziest, biggest... <laughs> 50 gallon hat I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I want one. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, the idea an alien, they unearth something from yeah. under the Arctic ice. There's a small little research station and it can mimic humans. So then it becomes this really tense, you don't know what, who's been infected, who you, know, who you can trust. But there's one surefire method. Sounds familiar. <laughs> Flamethrowers. <laughs> Yeah, there's flamethrowers and dynamite and all and and just everything. It's got it all. It, it has a great opening to the movie that with this wolf running across the snow, and you're just like, what's going on? There's a helicopter chasing after, and the guy's shooting the, at this wolf, and I'm just like, you know, like what is happening? It's so good. Uh, I heard that there was a prequel made. I, it always comes up because I've always wanted to record this and watch it if it ever came on TV. And uh, the one that always comes up is a 2011 version. I want to say it was like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, that had her as the main. I saw it, but I don't. It didn't stick with me, so it must not. I think it's a prequel. Okay. Yeah. And and it ends the way this one began. Ah, yeah. That okay. I do remember that, that. tracks. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I thought it was excellent. Excellent. Um, it ends with her handing that hat to Kurt Russell. <laughs> right. Right. And he just get, it goes down over his whole body. And he has to grow a beard to get it off of him. <laughs> anyway, you definitely need to watch that movie. Um, I, I also think. Oh. Nope. Okay, go ahead. Nope, 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 nope you're nope, you, uh, you, Nope. Go ahead. Uh, I, was, I meant to, this happened in May. It was the 30th anniversary of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 
live action film. Okay. So they did a 30th anniversary pizza party mm-hmm. on YouTube, hosted oh. by Judith Hogue, the original April O'Neil. So they brought back a whole bunch of people that were involved in this. Um, it was actually World Turtle Day. So some of the funds went to turtle charities. Right. And then the rest went to COVID first responders. So it was, I mean, it wasn't live, but it, it premiered on YouTube. You know, you were all supposed to watch it together as kind of a watch party thing. So they had a bunch of the, the guys who were the stuntmen in the suits, uh, some of the voice actors. Uh, Elias Cotea showed up, not to the very end, Casey Jones. Uh, Kevin Clash, who played Splinter, who was famous for being Elmo. Uh, the guy who played Shredder That's was all. in it. We're just going to skip that part. Um, <laughs> Brian Henson was there talking about the, you know, creating the suits and the puppetry. One of the two members of Partners in Crime, the musical wow. duo who did the T-U-R-T-L-E Power song was on mm-hmm. there to talk. Um, and they talked and told some stories. And then they just started reading the script. They started, like, acting out the script. I was like, I would watch this for two hours. I absolutely would. But they, they, you know, they edited it down. It wasn't the full movie. But it was, it was fun. It was interesting. It was, I said May. It was the May twenty third, like, the height of everyone staying home and having nothing to do. Mm-hmm. So, lovely Judith Hogue saved one evening for us. We could all get together, make pizza, and watch this. And then they just released a short while ago a part two, because uh, Corey Feldman was not involved in the first one. So. Obviously, the voice of Don Tello, they brought him in, and the voice Obvious. of Michael, the voice of Michelangelo, Robbie Rist. Neither of those guys were involved in the first one, so they had those two come on tell some stories. And I did not know Robbie Rist is very famous as cousin Oliver. What? The voice of Michelangelo in the original Charles movie was cousin Oliver. Wow. And that hmm. dude still has credit. He's he's on shows today doing voice stuff. He's a musician. He's done scores for things. Like, this guy's a, a successful He can do it all. Dude. He does, he still wear, does he still wear John Lennon glasses? No, he's kind of – he looks a little bit like Guy Fieri. He's got, like, you know, crazy – well, he always had like spaghetti hair, or whatever. right? So he he has gone like opposite of that, you know, fun. bowl cut looking thing. So. I gotcha. And they've talked about they're going to do some more of these. Anyone involved with this movie, they're going to keep doing some of these live streams and stuff. So it was fun. It was interesting, especially as a, a fan of that that movie. Wow. Yeah, I remember you. What? I uh. What happened, Cliff? You're screen sharing again. Yeah. Yes. This. There yeah. He is. Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned to you guys there at, at some point. I was watching those uh, very similar. I was watching those Reunited Apart, that yeah. YouTube series with Josh Gad, and they had done like we watched Splash, and then um, and then we watched the Splash one with Tom Hanks and and um, uh, shoot the director Ron uh, Opie Howard Howard Jeez. And um, then we watched the Ghostbusters one, and they were all so entertaining. Like to get the, I love when we get that back, you know, that uh, behind the scenes stories, and, and and you get it from the director, the producers, the actors, everybody involved. It's great. And then Josh Gad's a really good host for that type of show, um, because he is 
he's he's such a fan. You know, it's like Patton Oswalt doing something. So, um, yeah, if you like that I type remember, of thing. Maybe it was a Back to the Future one. I've mm-hmm. only watched like five minutes, maybe. Yeah, there's a Back one, to the Future of one. one of them. And I, maybe I just caught the wrong moments mm. or something. I felt like he just seemed unprepared and was just like being just like, I mean, I get the fan part, but he was just like, didn't, wasn't no. coming with anything to keep it going. And then just felt like they were like, okay, now it was like dance for me. And, and okay, now, now, okay, now say this line. And I say remember, that line. You remember that, that one remember, part of remember the Remember we said that? It was awesome. That? No, the, um, the Ghostbusters one is really good. T- <laughs> it's really good too. You can get the hair for that. Man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought they were excellent, but you know, I thought he did a good job of not trying to, uh, of keeping it in the lane, but not trying to control the entire conversation. Right. Right. So I got you. Yeah. And it's Maybe, content yeah. we never would have gotten because these people have nothing right more yeah. pressing to do. So it's, it's yeah. content, you know, we're, we're getting get, stuff we never would have seen before. To get Tom Hanks to sit down in his living room with a laptop and a camera and talk about Splash <laughs> with Daryl Hannah that he probably hasn't spoken to since he did Splash. And and they're telling John Candy stories with Ron Howard. It was, I really highly enjoyed it. But it, I will say this. Watch the movie before you go and watch a series like that. So... It helps a lot. I would, yeah, I would think so. Well, we always, we always, uh, it's always a sad moment when we get ready to play this little game. Uh, hit us with the good stuff. And uh, <laughs> that's where we come back. Here. It's great. I don't um, have it queued up. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's where you put it in later. See. Anyway, kind of couple people died, so we thought we'd do a one job. We do a double doubler here. Hmm. Trying to make it happy, but two people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but and uh, we've left the patrons out because this was a last minute audible, so we didn't right. have a vote on this. So sorry, patrons. Yeah, I'm. We'll get you super on the next upset. One. You can yell at us later, but two people died, and we're going to get to this with Kelly Preston uh, died. She was um, in several things. We'll go through her catalog here, but she had a battle with breast cancer the last couple of years and died this past week. And within the last month, uh, Joel Schumacher died. Uh, 
famous director. So we'll go through some of their stuff and see what we think should be their one job. So let's hmm. see. Did you guys, anything come pop out to you guys? I'll hmm. admit embarrassingly enough, when I saw the name Kelly Preston, I had a hard time even thinking of stuff Who she'd she been was. in. I, I just, I, I, it took a while for me to remember anything that she'd been in. So that just may be the things I, I haven't been exposed to very much, but maybe, maybe it'll spark my memory here. Well, let's see. We had, well, uh, my, the first thing I thought of, and, and I'm not going to promise this isn't my pick because it very well could be, um, was a Disney movie with Kurt Russell um, called Sky High. Oh, yeah. Where uh, they played the parents, the superhero parents of um, the main character who was starting in a... He was going off to superhero high school, basically. And um, that was a movie that Cooper watched a lot growing up uh, when he was younger. It came out about that time for him, so... Uh, we had a copy of it on, I think, VHS, maybe, so... We can't change who he is. Not without dropping him in a vat of toxic waste. Where will we even find a vat of... Steve! Yeah, she... I forgot she was in that. Um, she was in... Famously, Jerry Maguire, she was... She was... That's probably... I think that's probably her biggest movie role that I recall was her being in Jerry Maguire. I don't remember her being in that. She was. She was. Uh, she played <laughs> she the sure love was. interest? Yeah. She, well, no, no, no it was, was Renee Zellweger, Zellweger, but she okay, was. Okay, that's what I thought. She was, I believe she was his girlfriend. Oh, I thought she was the son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's the one that knew how much a brain You know how much weighed. the human head weighs? Right. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, anyway. I've seen a lot of that scene from uh, one of her scenes from Jerry Maguire playing in the last week. Um, she was in Cat in a Hat. I assume she was the mom. It says here. Mm. Cliff, you don't know? Uh, I don't know the Cat in a Hat. She was in Twins, I guess. I forget, okay. I forget how few things people were in. Battlefield Earth, of course, she was married to John Travolta, so she was in things with him. Gotti. Um old dogs everything he was in she was in for the love of the game i want i want to say she was um kevin costner's girlfriend i believe mm. not. that was one of her bigger things and i had just watched her a couple weeks ago i made a post saying i finally found this movie from 91 i think it was called run with patrick dempsey and she is the girl in that, you know, that I guess the love interest, but, um, but it's a great movie of, of its time where Patrick Dempsey, uh, you know, gets in trouble with the mob basically and has everybody in, in the world after him. And he is, he was very good. It, he was uh, big in can't buy me love and, um, uh, lover boy or whatever was a big movie, but he was, very agile and did a lot of you know stunts and things so she was in that anyway it's a i just had my mind watch. blown what 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 was she in space camp oh yeah i remember, i 
I had no idea that she played Tish. How many pounds of thrust does the shadow produce at liftoff? 6,981,400. How'd you know? How in the world she know all that? You know, that Kevin is a real babe. He's a jerk. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. He's completely unserious. Did you check out the size of his hands? Earth to Catherine, come in, please. In, I had no idea yeah. who that actress was, and I—that was a movie I watched over and over and over again as a kid, and loved that movie. Yeah, Leah Thompson. Yeah, that Kate Capshaw, Joaquin Phoenix. Man, that's a great movie. I don't know if I've ever seen. This. <laughs> Keep going. She was There's not chips. much else. She was in Nothing to Lose, uh, View from the Top, Citizen hmm. Ruth, um, Jack Frost. <laughs> yeah, IMDb uh, is get her most, her number one known for movie is Battlefield Earth on here. Wow. Hmm. So that's... Yikes. Yikes. I, guess, I think she played the newscaster in From Dust Till Dawn. I'm, so, I'm not getting anything here. I don't have I don't have any strong feelings about Kelly Preston's greatest hit here. Uh, I'm sure we may be missing something. Was she in like a TV show or anything? That I, I mean, she was in an episode of Chips, an episode of Y Five O. Chips. Quincy. Uh, um. Riptide. She riptide. Must have, she must have did Riptide, an episode of Joey, maybe <laughs> the Friends spinoff. <laughs> this is a fun game where we try to find if someone uh, did anything. It'd be a lot more fun if Jen just <laughs> died. We're I celebrating say, her entire catalog. Okay, listen. Here's the deal. Hmm. The movie I have the most attachment to is Run, but I'm going to forgo that and say let's all just induct Space Camp as her thing because the Cl- cliff has the strongest feeling towards that and it feels like a very kapow movie to put in uh, is she one of the main characters yes in it? Yes. yes she is one in of the yeah there it's a it's nasa space camp and there, there's a crew of misfits um that gr- get grouped together and, and um, a robot a robot becomes friends with the little boy joaquin phoenix and sends them into space in what is supposed to be they're 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 doing um they end up being the crew that gets to sit on the space shuttle as they run like i think they're supposed to run checks and like john travolta comes in and crazy makeup and has to fight him yeah tentacle hair and yeah yeah see Uh, leah thompson's character was was the pilot in training and kelly preston was tish yes a a a ditz with yes. a perfect with a perfect memory. But you don't. I'm trying to figure out how to run this thing. What? Multi-axis trainer? Mm-hmm. It's one of the toughest parts of the training. It's scary for a pilot. You know anything about it? Three concentric circles spinning in different directions simultaneously. Object to stabilize from central point, utilizing hand controls. You want a piece? How'd you know all that? 
remember everything I read. It's a real drag sometimes. My mind gets totally cluttered. She, I remember yeah. Leah Thompson, but I don't remember another character. And uh, uh, what their perfect the... memory. She did. That's right. Isn't it ironic that I have a per- no no memory of? No memory of that. I was trying to remember. Um, what the uh, what is that guy's name? He played Kevin Donaldson in the this Tate Donovan. Tate Donovan, yes. Tate Donovan was the supposed to be the commander, and he of course he was a he was a goof off. Okay, what a goof! And, and he snuck into the group because he was after Leah Thompson, and he stole somebody else's name badge to get in that color group. And I remember the name on the badge was Fideo Takamini. Bam. Space camp. We just did it. <laughs> okay, let's move on before we embarrass ourselves any further. My, that. I've probably told the story before. My brother, Justin, actually got to go to space camp. Oh, we've heard. And it was of that era where you know space camp was at its height because of this movie. And I thought there was at least, there was a non-zero percent chance he could get launched in space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just from what I'd seen in the movie. So <laughs> I wasn't sure about it. But I was he was jealous. also... Also, a ditz with a perfect memory. <laughs> Remember everything I read. It's a real drag sometimes. What'd you get on your SATs? 800s. So, Joel Schumacher. You guys have any instant strong feelings I about mean, him? I he, mean, he's in, in our world, the first thing, he's a joke because of the Batman movies. Right. Stay cool, bird boy. And how much everyone hated those, or at least. You know, at the time they were huge blockbusters, yeah. but you know history has been pretty unkind to them. So they're coming back around. Yeah, the the name Joel Schumacher in a comic book shop. I mean, that's the oh. first and only thing people are talking about. Yeah, um, yeah, I know my pick. But he's, I mean, he's a very acclaimed director who who, well, we'll talk about it. But he did uh, thirty five credits. It looks like here. So. Uh, the things that. Stick out to me from the bottom here. DC Cab, obviously Cliff's pick, Mister mm-hmm. T. I love that. Um, Used to be on. Okay. What well, was that on HBO? Or was that on late night television? Which one I was that? Know. DC Follies, I think, was on. Yeah. The late DC night. Cab's a movie. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Mister T. Mr. Yes. T? Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. Come on. <laughs> um, got. Uh, I mean, a few minor movies you've heard of, like Dying Young with Julia Roberts and Trespass, Bad Company, Tigerland. Um, the Client, I remember The Client with uh, Tommy Lee Jones. It was that, uh, well, not a uh, Grisham movie, I think. Yeah. Um, Flatliners. Flatline. He's dying. Brain death. Now it's real. Start filming. Let me defib him. He's dead. Isn't that enough? Let me try and bring him back. Just watch the door. Excuse me. I don't want to ruin anybody's evening. But are we in the room with the dead man? Oh, my God. One minute to go. What? Start filming. <laughs> Make him beg Uh... That was the, but like he did weird things. Uh, mm. That Flatliners was like, I remember it being so 
weirdly lit. Like he was like, okay, I'm putting lights on the floor. I'm putting, you know, this is this scene's gonna look great because the lights are not on the ceiling, they're on the floor. Nobody's gonna say anything about it. But but I'm gonna make this look cool. Uh, Twenty three, that movie with Jim Carrey that was really weird. Number twenty three or whatever I think it was. Oh um, yeah yeah. A time to kill. It's a good mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson. Good movie. Yeah, I like that movie. Uh, phone booth. Colin Farrell. Falling uh, down. Michael Douglas. It's a big one. The Lost Boys. Michael and Sam have just moved to Santa Carla, California. They're about to discover its secret. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No. It's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. Of course, Batman and Robin and Batman Forever, which I, which like I said, are coming back around. People hated them, loved them, then hated them once they had a little age on them, and now they're coming back around as a yeah, period a, piece. It's you a know? weird thing. Like he you know, put the, the camp. Burton- I know why you don't like it. it. He all the work they've done to take the campiness out of Batman, he shoved it back in. But that's it's like a faulty argument though. Like at that time, Tim Burton's movies, like oh. They're so serious. They're so dark. It's like, you look at them now, they're like cartoons. Yeah. They are campy. They are over the top and and Mm. crazy. You know, Schumacher did a whole different thing, but like, you can't say, well, Schumacher, he, he, you know, he he took the reins off and went a little too far. You know, Tim Burton was way out there. But yeah, Schumacher added a knowing sort of wink lots of neon colors and the famous nipples on the costume. And like, he added that sort of, you know, like I'm doing this, I'm going this far. You know, somebody try and stop me. So, so do you have a vote? Um, I, I, this is the kind of thing we talk about all the time on a one job. There's a whole bunch of credits on here. I was like, Oh yeah, that like, there's a lot of really good movies on this list. Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say because I haven't even said mine yet. My mine uh, is the only movie of Joel Schumacher's that is in my top 100. Is it from 1985 and have a catchy tune? No. Oh, it's not saying no was fire. <laughs> no, but that but I did. Is it Nicolas Cage? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, there it is. 
Yeah. Eight yeah, millimeter. Like, a lot of really solid movies, a lot of very different sorts of movies. <laughs> uh, like I said, that Tigerland was really excellent, small little indie movie about uh, you know, boot camp and like you know an army, a young recruit being you know going through boot camp and and it's like it's so it's a total 180 from a batman type movie but yeah i for me lost boys would be by by a pretty long margin yeah well i've long edging that out by about eight millimeters (laughs) is eight millimeters Nicholas Cage, Joaquin Phoenix. That's the connection there between Kelly Preston and Joel mm, Schumacher. Joaquin Phoenix in Space Camp and 8mm. Yeah. James mm. Gandolfini and La Machine. Scared the heck out of me. Ugh. It's like a just dark, gritty snuff film thing. Yeah. And so, That's so good. He's a detective looking for it. Well, they don't... It's not really a snuff film, Cliff. It's a movie about a guy trying about there the, was a guy in a trying to fight a killer. And huh? Lost Boys, there's no real vampires in Lost Boys either. So what? <laughs> Lost Boys I knew is I'd great. Be it's, a, it's a it's a great piece of '80s yes. you know, the fashion, the music, the Corys. saxophone playing, <laughs> the Corys, Yeah, Martika. Yes, you can just pull it. It's a an artifact of the '80s. I would say a lot of people of our age that was really where we learned the rules of vampires. This is I how, would agree. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. this is how we knew how to deal with a vampire. Thanks to the Frog Brothers. Yes, uh, worked in their comic book store. They had a whole bunch of vampire comics. That's true. Well, I would say. We did it. We in the annals of history, forever. Kelly Preston will be inducted for Space Camp for her role in Space Camp. Which I don't know. <laughs> and uh, Tish, jo- she was Tish. That's oh, Tish. She will forever be Tish, the ditzy, great memory yes. girl. Don't forget. And, <laughs> and it's really a sometimes because stuff gets stuck in there, and then just yeah. yeah. And Joel Schumacher will be known forever for The Lost Boys. I feel good about both of those as Kapow picks. Okay, we got five minutes left, so I'm going to spoil not the whole game, The Last of Us 2, but I'm going I'm going to spoil a twist in it. Well, most of the people on my friends list finished this game yeah, that first week it came out. So I'm sure a lot of people are already done with it. But yeah, I'm sure there's people out there who don't want to be spoiled. So if you're if you don't want to be spoiled, we will see you next episode. But yes. everyone else, stick around for a few more minutes. Yeah. So don't we don't want to hear any crying if you get spoiled about this game. But I'm not going into every detail. I'm just gonna, a few more thoughts on the game and what they did to expand upon here what the what we were discussing earlier. So spoilers. Or The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2. And in, in the original Last of Us, you uh, there's characters Joel and Ellie. He has given this girl to take as... Uh, there's zombies. In that in that game, there are zombies. And they need a... a there's no cure. Well, they find Spoilers out... Spoilers are coming fast and furious. That's what I'm saying. This girl, this girl is 
immune. She gets bit and she's fine. Ellie's fine. So they're taking her to this group called the Fireflies to try to develop some sort of cure. And when they finally get there at the end of the game, uh, I'm, that's this is your last warning. Spoilers. Uh, he Joel realizes that you know he wants to go talk to her. He's been separated from her, and he wants to go talk to her and finds out that she will die in this procedure. And he does. He flips out. He had lost his whole family. Was given this girl was put in his care, and he makes the decision to get her out of there and they fight him on it. And he ends up having to kill all these people to get her out of there. So that's basically in the game. And he lies to her later at the very end that there was, there was dead other people that were immune also, and that they couldn't figure it out and basically just lied to her. When this game shortly into, you know, it basically see four years have passed and she, has found out, found this out. You see, there's a lot of flashbacks throughout the game, but she has found this out and they have not been talking. And at the beginning of this game, it is basically, they are now just starting to be able to have a relationship again. And she's kind of forgiving him for what she is. Cause in this world where it's so hard to even have, uh, a, a use, a purpose, she feels like she's missed hers. You know, um, but anyway, they go. She very shortly in this game, s- someone shows up. Some people show up to get revenge against him, and they kill Joel, and right in front of her. And it's a, you know, very devastating moment to her. But it's you know you're seeing you know how these people feel about it, and she, her her. The re- the, that whole first half of the game is her revenge against them, her looking for them and trying to get her revenge against this person that killed Joel. And when you finally get to the climax to face off with this character, they stop right then and you start back over the four days you've just played and now you are the girl that killed Joel. And you begin playing as her in the group that she is in. And you start meeting all of her friends and the community that she lives in. And you meet everybody basically that you just killed for 20 hours and you see their lives and you see like a dog that you randomly killed one of their attack dogs. And it's just their pet, you know, stuff. it's so like, a different perspective because you're always the hero in your own story and now who was the enemy is now you know you totally see their perspective and you play through basically the whole game again in a different you know building up to that climax again as this character and honestly this is the main character of the game it's not ellie and you you know for it really feels like that she's so much more relatable where ellie is just bent on vengeance when people when you only know violence in your life you only deal in violence and you know she this person is not quite as you know but not quite they're both just bent on revenge but it's it's just a totally different respect perspective and how they deal with the people they're with and things it's great 
where things where you might be fighting against a sni- a sniper or something after you what you know who that sniper is because it was you it was your friend in the first part of the game. You know, it's just it's great. And I won't spoil the total ending or anything, but it's it it goes on even beyond that into a whole big part. It is a long game. Is there gonna be a part three? I would not foresee one. It's it's but I wouldn't rule it out. They could go even further, but it's just like these people have been through everything. I don't know if they could put these characters through anymore. And I assume it's in production somewhere to be a movie or a, a Netflix uh, show. Oh, it, the uh, Last of Us. Uh, the Last of Us has been for the last year uh, in production. Be I think an HBO show, yeah. I, I believe. So. Hmm. So we just spoiled your future HBO show for yeah. you. But. Hey, if you stuck around, you were warned. <laughs> it was amazing. It was, you know. It was great. It had, a, it had a great cast. Jeffrey Wright from uh, Westworld was in it. Uh, Ashley Johnson, Laura Bailey, uh, you know, Troy Baker, all premier voice actors. Shannon Woodward from um, Westworld was in it as a important character. There's, they didn't mess around. They've spent many years making this. That's where sometimes I'm like, you have a great idea for a video game, and I'm just like, uh, I always think. Well, I can come up with an idea like that, but I think it takes a long time to make these long, sometimes longer than it would take to make a movie. So, and And hundreds and hundreds of people. It only takes mere minutes to make a podcast, which is what we do often. (laughs) We'll see you next time. My name is Jordan Luck. (laughs) I'm Cliff Barnes. Uh, We still had 30 seconds. Zoom ain't free, folks. We got to move it along. We're going to get zoomed out of here. All right. Bye forever, then. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udamwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at The Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show, Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, please sign up to be a patron through the Podbean app or our website, www.udamwithkpp.com, to receive special content and early access to some episodes. We are grateful to anyone that chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will always remain free, so please continue to like, comment, and share.